And that is what I love about photography, that on this table you'll see um, there are different parts of my personality coming out in each of these cameras and to different moods I'll pick up a different camera. But at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're shooting and we're creating art and photos and capturing moments and you got to keep it fun. For the past decade, I've been working alongside successful people whose work is outstanding and looks effortless at the same time. Join me in the search of how people's passions make them successful in their field. How work and happiness are not polar opposites, but create an environment of energy and opportunities. How passion is an emotion that drives us to greatness. Get to know the doers, the make it happen people, and learn what makes them tick. Today, I sit down and talk to a restaurateur, a marketing genius, a dear friend, a great photographer, and probably the most flamboyant person you will ever meet. His name is Nurel Molko, and in this episode of Capture All, we find out how the use of different cameras bring out different personalities and that you only need a little push by a friend in the right direction to find your true passion. My name is Patrick. Join me in this photography-focused episode of Capture All. Hey man, thanks for having me. Uh, we're in your beautiful home right in the middle of Vienna. Very excited. The passion that we share is wonderful. And today we're going to just talk about the immense variety of cameras you just put out. Mm -hmm. Before we get into this, how did you start photography? So I've always been into art, into aesthetics, into visual beauty, let's say. Um, I was also a legisthenic growing up. So for me, texts and words were always harder to grasp and understand rather. But, but you know, pictures were always easy for me to understand. And I could understand concepts. And when I had to think of things in my mind or explain something to myself that I didn't understand, I would do that with images. So creating this sort of photographic eye and seeing the beauty in mundane everyday situations was something I've had since I'm a kid. So I guess moving into photography was a natural path. Um, which, which camera got you into photography? So that's a funny, and that's why I brought it out from the vault. And the very first camera, I think the camera that most people use is their phone. And I remember when this was presented, the first iPhone, and it was, the, it was a revolution. I mean, when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, what you can do with this and to really have a camera that takes good pictures. I'm not talking about green, pixely, yeah. You know, um, these were good images. And my first camera, and I think the camera that I still use today, frequently will be my phone camera. Yeah. Um, the evolution there will be the first iPhone here. And today I'm shooting with a Samsung S22. So this was the first, the first baby. Uh, and uh, did you get it in 2007 when it came out? I got it right when it came out. I had to buy a chip from China that allowed me to jailbreak it and yeah. um, then use it in Vienna and... Yeah, it was a pretty fun phone to have. Other than than uh, than a phone camera, what's your first recollection of like photography in general? So basically, I was taking a lot of photos with my phone, and a friend of mine, a friend of ours, Georg, um, big shout out to Georg, who does all the beautiful jewelry that we're wearing today. Yeah, he told me, you know, I, I see that you have an eye for it. I see that you love photography, but to take it to the next step, you have to get yourself a camera. And he just sort of gave me that nudge and said go buy yourself a camera and just see how different it is than 
you know, to actively go out to take photos and not to have something in your pocket to just shoot a moment. There's a difference, you know, when you're talking about intentionality. Exactly. Cool. Going out with the intention to shoot. And the first camera I then bought was here, the uh, Panasonic X100, I think it was called. LX100, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I started off automatic, just shooting automatic, just learning sort of what aperture means, learning what shutter speed means, just trying to understand ISO and all the different yeah, things that you need to take photos. But at the beginning, I was just shooting and, 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 you know, you had the filters inside the camera so you could even shoot with filters to see also how that works. And I loved it. And I took it everywhere and I shot a lot, a lot with this camera. Um, an aperture of 1.7 is like, and also the, the ring is really satisfying. Then the ASMR in between. And you still have it. I still have it. And um, it's what? a camera that I give my... <laughs> wife when we go on holiday and she, okay. she also wants to shoot or she goes you know once a year me and my wife we do separate holidays i usually go to mykonos where i don't want any camera or anything on me <laughs> and my wife goes farming or she goes to some farm in the countryside and then she's so embraced in nature and then she just wants to capture these things to show me later cool and and not having a phone exactly that that's awesome man did you know that you're gonna pursue it like did it hit you when you got your fir this first camera I mean, I instantly fell in love with it. I fell in love with photography and I feel, you know, parallel to me starting photography, Instagram had just come out. So you had a platform where you could show your work and you were getting appraisal for your work, which again, motivated you to shoot more. You could see what other people were doing. You could lock into a community of photographers. And very quickly, I was able to connect with people who were better than me. Until this day, I always tried to hang out with photographers or in any field, people that are better than me, because that's how you're going to learn. You know, I never wanted to be the best amongst mediocre. I wanted to be the worst amongst the best so that I can learn and become the best myself. And Instagram opened those doors and I started shooting back then a lot of rooftop stuff. You know, for me, I come from the restaurant industry. So shooting food has been something I've always been doing. And I used the camera to shoot like early stuff for our restaurants, but then it was guys from different industries that were teaching me, you know, low light situations, how to capture the essence of a city from a rooftop perspective. And it was really exciting and it motivated me again to then go shoot more different food and learn about editing and everything. Yep. It, it was quite early when you started. Um, was this, so one part was getting to know people who can show you stuff and yeah. learn about it. Did you use any other, did you do a course? Did you do, how did you again went about it? Till this day, my two main ways of learning are asking people, having the courage, and also just, you know, giving people a compliment. People, if you give someone a compliment for what they're doing well, they're more inclined to share knowledge with you. And then YouTube. I mean, YouTube is your friend. YouTube can teach you so much. And with every platform there is, you can either be, be a consumer or you can be a content creator or someone who is learning from whatever platform it is. And I've always said, if I'm going to spend time doing something, I want to learn from it. I want to get better from it. And that's why for you in, on YouTube, you know, I learned how to use Lightroom over YouTube. I learned how to use Photoshop over YouTube. Mm. And yeah. Did did any one of your, your, your family members, was anyone into photography? My did anyone have? Yeah. 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 My father was big into photography and um, I mean, A, he was into filming. You know, he's an artist, he's a mime, and um, he was always on tour, so he wanted to capture 
his travels. But then also when we kids came to the world, he would be filming us all the time. And he would also take a lot of photos, analog, of course, back then. I have a lot of old cameras from my father here too, which some of them are so old and complicated. I have no idea how to use them. They flip out, they look like an accordion. And yeah. <laughs> but so my father was always into photography. Funny enough, today he doesn't do it at all anymore. And today I'm the family photographer. How is that in your family? <laughs> that that I'm the photographer? Yeah. Or I mean, is that stressful? I mean, we have, you know, we have a big family and uh, we're all unique individuals and everyone wants to shine. And that's why I love photographing all men or others and, and their whole creativity and their partners. And it's, it's, it's fun. Yeah. Um, sometimes we're a bit under and I say we because I'm a photographer too, obviously. But uh, people like obviously think that you will bring your camera and do photos. And yeah, they always want you to without asking. So it's a very passive aggressive way of getting what you want. I mean, I, I don't mind if I'm with my camera and someone asks me to take a nice picture or I'm in the flow or I take some to the side and I take shots for them. What I hate is when I'm at a random party and someone's like, oh, give Neural the phone to take a photo because he's a photographer. And then I'm standing there 10 minutes photographing every single person with it. And the next couple comes in and take a photo of us and I'm like, it's a This is not my craft. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm so bad at <laughs> photography. I'm horrible. <laughs> my wife always is like, take a photo of me. And I seriously, I can't do it. I don't know how um, to do a proper, nice photo, even with uh, all, all the uh, editing power I have. But I, I just can't do it. So I stick to my craft here. Um, let's move on. Uh, what was your camera after that? After the Lumix? So right after that, it was a Sony. Um, Sony, because... The people that I was learning from, the people that I was going on these street shoot tours, they were all Sony shooters. And um, it was easier for me when I first came with my Panasonic and I was like, you know, how do you do this? Or you have different settings. They wouldn't know because they're like, that's oh, a different camera. I'm not sure. But they all had Sony. So I'm okay. I need to um, save up and I need to get myself one of these Sony cameras. And to this day, it's something that I also do a lot. I'm a big believer in also getting secondhand equipment. I don't think you'd always need the newest, best. You just need to find what you like. You need to find a camera that suits to you and um, and just shoot with it. And and so many people always want the newest and they're always selling a model that came out a year ago. So I just started buying secondhand cameras. And this is basically my work camera. So I will shoot um, all the cookbooks that we've done for the restaurants. I've shot with the Sony I do most of the Instagram photos um, on all our pages with the Sony. It's a work baby. It is, um, you know, the dynamic range. You know, you're never shooting off the, you know, the continuous eye focus, everything. Like your shots will be just good. Just good. Just good. I, I love it. It's a work beast. And when, it, when I want to switch off and just do my work, this is what I take. Cool. How long did you basically shoot Sony before you went on to to the next chapter. So um, I would say I shot with Sony for about then five or six years. And then through a mutual friend of ours, also a fashion photographer, Pat Domingo, I fell into the hands of Leica. And um, this here just takes it to a whole new level. What, what do we have here? So this is the Leica M11. This is the newest one that just came out. What captures you about Leica? So what I, what I love about Leica <clears throat> is that unlike the Sony, as I said, which is a work piece, which I can just set and it'll automatically 
blast away shots, you know. Um, with this year, I'm really taking my time for every shot. It taught me the patience and to take a step back in photography, taking the whole situation. You need to be, you need to learn how to focus with the rangefinder. It's something that you need to learn how to do. I'm there. I mean, there is no automatic focus. You're basically any like a shooter will. I've never really seen a like a shooter on all automatic. Like you're shooting manual. You you want to control the outcome of the image. It's slick, it's a lot lighter. And this is also something we also always laugh about. When we were walking around with the Sony, I used to, we used to look like turtles with our massive backpacks with uh, 18 lenses. You know, I take this year, I strap it around. I can spend the whole day in town and I will barely feel it. And when I want to shoot, I shoot. And when I travel, this is the camera I'm taking with me. So you basically leave the Sony at home and you basically fully convert it to, to Leica now, except of the, the um, professional stuff you do. Obviously, yeah. and you're actually uh, one of the few like ambassadors in Austria. Yes, yes. I'm extremely happy to be in the Heike family and to be, have the privilege to test these new cameras and to really work with them and to host uh, workshops and teach other people who want to get into like uh, street photography. And no, it's an, it's an incredible camera. How does this camera help you to be... Better a better photographer. Um, again, you have to be a good photographer to even shoot with Leica because you need to understand how everything works. You need to be quick with your focusing. You need to anticipate situations because I can't just, yeah, I'm not going to fire away. I'm going to see what is happening, especially when it comes to street. I need to, I see an interesting person. I'm going to run ahead of them to anticipate them walking. I'm going to check my focus, check all my aperture, everything's done, and then take that perfect shot. So basically yeah. it's doing it you take a step back from all the automated things that yeah a, another camera can do a mirrorless camera can do and take like three steps back and then you have to you grind nice. exactly and you have to grind to come back to basically where you were already before exactly and then i also think i also feel like when i'm shooting with the sony i'm also editing differently i don't know everything is more vibrant more colorful more unrealistic let's say but beautiful and when it comes to the Leica I'm very puristic I'm barely editing my images I'm really keeping it as much as possible straight out of cam because the Leica also the lenses have a special light they have a special type of color grading and loaning that only a Leica has and um, I'm also a huge fan of the Leica Q for those who don't you know dare to take that big step into this direction where you can do automatic focus and everything. So an intermediate between these two would be the Leica Q. Also an amazing camera. But again, for me, I didn't want the in-between. I wanted to go want to go, go full way. Uh, is this your first M? No, I had the M10P before it in Chrome. Also a beautiful look. And what actually made me change to the black one in this case was that, as you know me, I used to have very long curly hair. And you'd walk around with my hat and my big hair and then this very vintage looking camera and everyone would look at me. Um, and it would be very hard to shoot street inconspicuously because everyone would look. Mm. And the second I would have the camera in my hand, people's eyes would follow and they would notice that I'm shooting them. Yeah. Now, with the shorter hair, with the black camera, I'm sort of holding it. It's a lot more inconspicuous. Mm. And I've been able to get way closer to people and shoot way more intimate situations. And um, that's why I think... In the future, I will stick to a black Leica. And it's also lighter than the it Chrome is, version. It is lighter than the Chrome version. And again, 
that makes a difference. If you're carrying your camera around all day, yeah. and I try to take a camera with me almost every single day, mm. that makes a difference. Although I do have to say my next grail yeah. would be uh, like a black paint, which again will go a little heavier, but I'm someone that likes to use my cameras a lot. Yeah. So I like patina. Yeah. And... um and the Leica black paints, um, for those that don't know, they're completely out of brass below and then they get painted in black. So over time, the brass will come through and it'll look like it'll have this beautifully aged patina. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, I'll just have a few scratches on it, which hurt me more. That's why I think my grail watch, my grail, sorry, <laughs> camera will be a Leica M11 black paint. How much are there? Do you know? No, it, has, it hasn't been released. It hasn't released. When the black paints come out, they're usually limited to a thousand pieces and they are extremely hard to get. How and much more expensive are they? Do you know? In auction, so old black paints will sell for anywhere upwards of 30,000 and the extremely old rare ones from famous photographers will go into the millions. Yeah, that was just a, a, like an auction with what? Do you in, remember the... In LA and I don't know, but it was, I think, I think it's something crazy now, but I think it was something like 10 million. Yeah. Yeah. Probably could, could be right. We'll, we'll, we'll have a look at it. But exactly. Those, those really famous ones are all black paint. Um, I, I follow uh, Jason Mamoa. Yes. And uh, Jason Mamoa is the, the guy who plays Aquaman. I think he's not the best role um, to put it up because I don't particularly like the movie, but he's a fantastic, yeah. um, a fantastic person, very outgoing, and he's a, a fanatic when it comes to photography and videography. Yeah, and uh, he, I, I would love to have him on the show. <laughs> he has, he has a brass version uh, of a, a red camera. Yes, of the Komodo. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they gave that to him, and I think he has all the brass versions, but it's just brass. They are not yet yeah, painted. Yeah. The brass versions of um, of the M ten P and the Q two. I don't know if there is any such thing. I will also. Just put yeah. photos on. And he's he's there. buying at auction. He's also buying old brass. He's, yeah. he's he loves that look. And it and you know, it, it is beautiful. And what what I love about about Leica, and uh, I don't own one, but I, I tried a couple of them, um, is that they're just a piece of it's not only a camera, it's a piece of design or you can call it art yeah. that you have with you, that ages with you, that um it's just beautiful to look at and also take care about it. It's not a, yeah. just another piece of equipment. It's like, okay, there's the new uh, Sony that comes out, but no no, uh, no offense to, to any camera, but there's the new updated version that's just tossed that in the, on yeah. the side. Yeah. And you'll probably, if you don't need the money to buy a new Leica, uh, you'll probably keep it and grow your collection and, mm-hmm. and also also pass it on like your dad did, um, did to you. And uh, quite a while ago, uh, we still have a couple of, of things right there, and I'm really yeah. excited. Um, so sometime um, ago, you fell deeply, deeply into another pho- photography hole, which is yes. analog photography. Exactly. How did that come about? Again, um, like the move from Sony to Leica, the move from taking another step back and really going into the essence of photography, and that is analog photography where you cannot see the picture until it's developed, you take, you're shooting even slower. I mean, you are, I often find myself just, you know, I hold the camera and I see the moment and I, I will not press the shutter unless it's perfect. I got 36, maybe 37 shots in my film and every single one is valuable and you want to have every single shot be a banger, you know, be a shot that you can use, print, show, you know, 
I mean, the difference I would say amazingly is when I'm shooting Sony and I'm on a job, I'll end the day with like a thousand shots. Easy, could happen. With the Leica, I'll be maybe on maximum 100, but I'll be under 100 shots for sure. Mm -hmm. And when I'm with my analog camera, it'll be a maximum of 36. I'll never shoot two rolls ever and in a day. Way too expensive. I also won't shoot one roll in a day. You know, it'll, it'll follow me for a, a trip with me. Mm -hmm. And and then the, the whole process of getting it developed, um, seeing the pictures, it's amazing. And I got this to my 36th um, birthday and it's a Contax T2. And now on holidays, I'll either take the Leica and the Contax. And a lot of the time, I'll just take the Contax and just put it in my pocket. And, um, and just some of my favorite shots have been done with with the context, yeah. You know, what you see here is diversity. And I think to keep things interesting, it's about changing it up, doing, you know, sometimes this, sometimes that. And it's about switching between cameras, switching from digital to analog. It's about um, shooting when you're abroad and discovering a new city, but it's also shooting at home to rediscover your own city. And that is what I love about photography, that on this table, you'll see um, there are different parts of my personality coming out in each of these cameras and to different moods I'll pick up a different camera but at the end of the day you know we're, we're shooting and we're creating art and photos and capturing moments and you got to keep it fun there could have been any better words to finish this thank you man for your time thank you so much Patrick it was fun uh, gorgeous collection thanks for taking the time and thank you guys for watching I hope to get you uh, some more of these uh, episodes with close to as genius guys as you are uh, until next time see you guys <laughs>